0: Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. I'm Whitney
1: Sewell, host of the Real Estate Syndication Show. Today we have Shane Connor. He is a leading producer of staffing and recruiting sales who began pouring his commissions into passive commercial real estate investments at age 27. Shane continues to use commissions as a fuel to his passive income fire and is now passionate about helping others access these same investment opportunities, building and preserving their wealth. Hello, Shane. Thanks for being on the show today. Whitney, pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. All right, Shane. Uh, Shane, tell us a little bit about your background
0: and and how you got into real estate syndication specifically. Absolutely, thank you. Yeah, so um, born and raised in Philadelphia. I've been in Atlanta, Georgia now for uh, about six and a half years. Um, I have about seven years experience in the national healthcare recruiting and staffing business, uh, which I currently still do. Um, So partner with healthcare organizations across the country, um, staffing and recruiting of various levels of clinical and non-clinical folks. It's a largely uh, commission-driven position uh, with an uncapped earning potential. So uh, that's how I ended up getting into commercial real estate about three years ago. I was having some really good income years and uh, ended up meeting a syndicator and uh, got hooked into my first limited partner syndication on a 400-unit multifamily asset in the Dallas, one of the Dallas submarkets, and uh, have been really hooked ever since. And uh, this year back in early january i had the opportunity to take some of those relationships turn them into some partnerships so now i still do lp investing but also uh, help with some of our strategic general partnerships in capital raising and investor liaison efforts
1: that's really cool uh, how you how you got into the business so, you know how did that how did that syndicator and you you meet how did, how did you all you know learn about each other in the beginning
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, I had not a lot of knowledge on the space or or even that it existed, uh, to be quite honest. Um, I was just knew that I had a lot of extra capital that I wanted to put into something other than my traditional brokerage account, my 401k, you know, the standard stuff that that, that I still do. Um, And I had been doing a lot of research on bigger pockets. I'm sure, you know, many of your listeners are familiar with the platform or have been on there and, uh, you know, I just threw, you know, a couple of weeks and months of reading forums and commenting, um, I ended up just kind of private messaging, uh, one of the syndicators who's now actually one of my business partners and, uh, we just hit it off, you know, I had a great conversation, more about life and kind of my goals. And, uh, you know, he had just kind of mentioned one of the deals that they were, you know, finishing up raising on. And I happened to have that money set aside and, uh, ended up pulling the trigger pretty quickly, but I had done a lot of research on the front end. So. Uh, it wasn't too far in kind of what he was talking about. It was more just, okay, how does this actually work in a little bit, uh, more detail on the asset.
1: Now, when you say research that you did now, were you talking about, you learned about real estate or you learned about this specific, uh,
0: syndicator? What was that? Uh, well, the specific syndicator came more at more kind of deal time, but I had been spending, like I said, weeks and months pouring through the forums, learning about kind of single family rentals, uh, quadra, you know, quads, triplexes, uh, multifamily. So I had kind of been doing a lot of the legwork. So I was very familiar with what he was talking about when we first got hooked up. And then we kind of dove into more of a a particular deal that they had live uh, at the time. And I had kind of had this capital stored on the side and I was just looking for the right fit. Uh, And I ended up pulling the trigger and and, and getting in on that deal. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. So what was
1: it that That made you decide, okay, you know, pull the trigger, as you said, own syndication and joining in and not because you could have taken that capital and purchased some homes, started doing some flips or bought maybe a fourplex, you know, and had some passive income that way. uh, What was it that said, okay, you know, I'm going this route and taking my capital that way? Syndication.
0: Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I I had, you know, I had analyzed a few of those different routes. Um, I had already met a few people that had kind of done that and then learn that they couldn't scale it quite as much. And and there wasn't as much opportunity to leverage on a larger platform. And they had, they had moved into the multifamily space. Uh, and then ultimately, you know, being that I, I didn't have a ton of time, you know, my full-time job, I still work probably 50 to 60 hours a week. So, um, a lot of the benefits that that the syndicator had mentioned to me and that I had kind of already realized that, you know, this is a way to get a lot of size and scale on a large platform. Uh, with a minimal amount of time requirement, right? You know, you can be as involved or as little as you, you want, but you're right to check and you're pretty much in the deal. Uh, if you do some of the single family rentals or buy your own quad, it's a lot more time intensive. And for me, in a commission driven job, I'd rather focus on making as much as I can over here on the left and continue to pour it in something like a syndication on the right and let that cash flow compound itself starts a return and then let me invest in another one and then rinse and repeat so staying um as hassle free as I could is what really uh I liked about the syndication model
1: so this this sponsor obviously he explained the process to you you decided to uh, to invest you know in this deal and then but eventually you know you decided to uh, to start raising capital yourself right yes yep absolutely go ahead tell us tell us about that
0: had the opportunity, you know, after just a couple of years of just continuing to selectively invest in a few, um, um, multiple lind- limited partner syndications that, and that included multifamily, um, self-storage opportunity and mobile home parks. So kind of got a broad diversification across the assets. Um, had an opportunity to join, um, on a capital raising effort and, um, now, what I do now is still limited partner invest and also raise. And what I like about the raising side is, I, I, you know, I've spent seven years developing some good big relationships across the country with some, you know, very, very um, successful individuals, a lot in the healthcare profession. So physicians who typically make good LP investors. Um, and it's a, a good way to continue to learn uh, how the syndication process works from the due diligence, the underwriting, the raising, acquisition, all that without actually being fully the one leading the deal. So it allows me to keep my hand in, continue to invest, bring other people into these deals, allow them to access the same high quality returns that I'm seeing, uh, get a little skin in the game for those efforts, and then continue to basically get hands-on education uh, on multiple deals per year.
1: So I know your, your job, your day job, has really allowed you to meet a lot of accredited investors. Um, but could you could you provide just maybe you have some tips on how other people can meet uh, people like that, you know, accredited investors that uh, that, you know, don't work day to day with them. Do you have any tips on on how to meet those folks?
0: Yep. So, uh, you know, I think firstly, you know, just to identify again, what what is a credit investor and looking at that uh, income requirement of uh, three hundred thousand dollars married jointly or two hundred thousand dollars single or a million dollars net worth excluding your home. And then think about who fits in that bracket. So start breaking it down by profession. I mentioned physicians, uh, lawyers, aunt, like business owners, entrepreneurs. Um, some will go the family office route, but I, I'd stick to more. salespeople uh, in the technology field are, is a good one. And think about where do these people hang out, right? So where do they do networking events? Start to go to theirs. Where, did they, where do they do meetups? Where do they spend their free time? Are you a golfer? Maybe you can get uh, start to caddy, right? You might not have to join the country club, but you can caddy and start to meet those people. So start to really just look at where do these people spend their time and then how can I get in there? Right. Here in Atlanta, there's a lot of social clubs that uh, for a pretty cheap entry point, you can go and have breakfast five days a week and there's you know, multi-millionaires uh, to business owners, to salespeople all hanging out uh, and kind of rubbing shoulders. So if you're not in those networks, you got to find a way to get around those networks.
1: That's some great advice. And tell us, you know, i kind of like to get into the conversation, maybe that um, that you're having with these investors or potential investors. Obviously, you're trying to build a relationship, uh, but maybe the first time that real estate comes up, you know, what does that what does that conversation look like?
0: Yeah, so that's a good one. So there's always, you know, a, a different ways to approach it. Um, I really just like to share with people kind of what I've been doing for the past few years. Um, tell them a little bit about the types of returns that I'm seeing, uh, the cash flow that you're able to generate. And then I really just kind of leave a carrot. You know, if you're interested in talking a little, little deeper, you know, call me or let's schedule coffee or let's get together. And then you'll find the ones that it starts to pick their brain. They're going to reach back out to you, right? Because uh, we're never trying to sell anybody. Uh, I'm not trying to show up and at the barbecue and be, you know, selling life insurance to everybody, you know, that kind of guy. Uh, but if you plant the seed in enough people's ears, the, the ones who really want to know more and, and have a high interest in it, uh, will follow back up with you. Cause the, the reality is, is this is not a space for everybody. Some people like, uh, just the traditional investing in stocks, bonds, mutuals, um, some people like alternatives and other things like cryptos or whatever, whatever else is out there. But a lot of people know real estate investing. And once you kind of tell them and you show them, Hey, this apartment building, I I bet you it's owned by, you know, right. Uh, one or two general partners and 70 limited partners. And they kind of say, Oh, how would that work? And you just give them a little bit of the breakdown and then you show them, you know, you, 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 you're, you're talking about 1.8 to 2.3 equity multiples in five to six years. Um, the ones who really get it will follow up with you.
1: So, what's a common question that you get that maybe everyone should be ready to answer? Uh,
0: usually, if this is so good, why you know why didn't why didn't I already know about it, or why doesn't everybody do this? Uh, so then I'll touch a little bit on the regulations, you know, five hundred six and some of those different offerings. Now, you know, there's no general solicitation. I can't just post these deals on Facebook. Uh, and kind of talk about how it's more really just how I had no idea until I was contacted by a syndicator and, and learned and developed that relationship. Um, so you really just paint the picture that there's a reason. And also, if you're going to go ask your financial planner who's paid under assets under management, they're probably going to advise against you uh, investing in the deal. Not because they're not smart enough to realize that these aren't good investments, but if you pull your capital out of your brokerage account, they're earning less money.
1: So I heard you mention like 506, you know, and could you just tell, you know, for the listeners who who haven't heard of that before, what that means, could you tell us what you're referring to?
0: Yep. So it's uh, the securities regulation uh, under SEC 506, which just kind of regulates um, which classification that these investment offerings will be made under. Uh, there's a few, don't quote me off the top, but I believe 506B, 506C, and D, Um, And it really just classifies whether um, you can accept, you know, like we mentioned, accredited investors. So it kind of went over that benchmark. Uh, Some deals will allow a limited amount, like the last uh, portfolio of assets that we raised on had 35 slots open. Um, So you're able to, you know, get folks who are pretty financially savvy have a fair amount of income buildup, but maybe just aren't at that income threshold yet. And I think, you know, I mentioned for a lot of the younger people in their career who are starting to do well, that accredited is still a large threshold. Uh, And then it just dictates whether you can generally solicit or not, you know, what kind of relationship prior existing relationship you have to have with these investors. So it's really a protection to make sure that, you know, like I said, I don't go on Facebook and advertise, you know, you come invest with me, here's the returns and post it and put a whole bunch of paid advertising behind it uh, and get a bunch of people who really have no business being in these investments uh, for their own reasons uh, to be in there. All
1: right. Well, thank you for explaining that. Tell us what, uh, you know, what really motivates you? What really, what's your why?
0: Yeah. So that that's a great question. Um, my why originally, you know, was really the fact that because I still in i I'm in a in commission driven job with no cap. So this is a great way to stay motivated that I can go to work every day and try to make as much income as I can over in this bucket, right? And then pour it over into the real estate bucket and let it start to compound itself. Uh, And with some of the returns that, you know, are are available through syndications in five to 10 to 15 years, that size, that money working for itself can be quite, quite substantial. Um, And then really time, you know, I I love what I do now, Um, but, you know, 20, 15, 10 years down the line, you never know what's going to happen. And Uh, I unfortunately lost my father a couple months ago in June at the age of 62. And it really just continues to hit home that you just don't know how long you have. And um, you know, as we move forward in life, I want to maximize my time with my wife and my family and uh, you know, creating financial stability uh, and independence, whether you continue to work until you're 80 or you retire early, it's up to you. But having that choice, uh, I think is very important in life.
1: Yeah, I like that a lot. And, you know, tell me, when now, now that you've been able to partner uh, on numerous deals, now I, I'm impressed that that you've been able to do so many so quickly, and and it's just a great you know you're developing a great track record and and moving forward. Now that you've met different syndicators, what's what's a big mistake maybe you see that's common to to this business or within
0: syndicators or general partners? Yep. Um, so I don't I don't know if I call it a mistake, but. Um, a lot of a lot of times, you know, I think we're just underestimating uh, the amount of people that are are have the risk tolerance to get into these deals, and uh, and I say that with a grain of salt because I do see a lot of deals fund very quickly, but then I'll see a deal where maybe a, a partner is a little newer, so the sponsor maybe only has two deals under their belt, uh, and I think sometimes we on the GP side get caught up on you know, we know how good this deal is and we know how good we're, we're going to execute it. Uh, but very financially savvy and seasoned investors, uh, they're going to try to maybe poke holes in your underwriting or, or poke holes in your assumptions. And uh, I think sometimes we can just underestimate that uh, people are not going to want to invest uh, in, in a younger, maybe I call it younger, not age, but by experience where uh, there's just a market where we love the market and we're showing all the data and we think everybody will love the market, but for some people they're just spooked by that market. Right. And there's no rhyme or reason. Uh, so I think it's just, we know how good the deal is and we assume that everybody else in this investing world will love the deal, but that's not always the case. So you have to work. Sometimes you have to work a lot harder and then other deals they will seem to fund themselves.
1: What are some ways you've recently improved your, your business? Uh, huh.
0: Good question. Yeah. So really just track record, you know, I'm, I continue to get better uh, each deal that I work on. Um, you know, I can just tell over the last year and a half um, my knowledge base is something that I've worked really hard on just making sure that, um, you know, I have deep expertise uh, in in the, Can you the,
1: tell us how you've done that?
0: Basically just through soaking up as much information as I can uh, on the deal. Cause I mean, a lot of times, right. You could get the deck, get the basics, talk to a few people that you've already kind of vetted, have the relationship, but I try to really study the underwriting files, really study the deck back and forth, know the market. And when I get questions that I don't know the answer to, uh, and then I get the sponsor, uh, the lead GP to answer those questions, um, I really kind of write them all down in a notebook so that I can restudy them in the future and be as prepared as I can. And then really, it's just kind of a tipping point. Once you get more deals done and more investors in, And they trust you. They'll start to talk to their friends and their network, get introduced. Um, So I've really just improved my business, to be honest about, just like anything else, over small incremental improvements over time. And I just feel a lot more confident than I did, uh, say, a year ago.
1: Where has most of your your knowledge in the syndication business come from? Say from your your partners or you know the other syndicators, and being able to ask questions, or is there maybe books that you could recommend or a specific book for this business?
0: Yeah, I'd say partners. Um, the partners are huge. Um, you know, I haven't got it. I do. I'm planning on getting out to a few conferences. I know we mentioned the conference there in Denver. Um, I think real estate really impresses me because. Uh, it truly is a team sport, and I found this, especially the syndication and, and the multifamily space, to be the more, the most uh, willing arena I've seen professionals want to help one another than anything else I've ever come across. Whether it's the Facebook groups, whether it's the masterminds, uh, just free free forums on you know bigger pockets. Just ask, right? Find your local real estate meetup, go to it, uh, ask people to go to coffee. I have found that if you reach out and ask for help and ask for just wanting to get to know, you gotta do your homework, know what you're you're trying to seek. uh, People are absolutely willing to help and then just get in a deal. That's why, you know, for myself, I continue to learn on each deal that I do both on a raise and an investor side. If you have any interest in eventually leading your own syndication, even a smaller 50 unit, 30 unit, find a way to get into a deal, invest in a deal help raise on a deal you will learn more by going through the process than any you know the books can teach you a lot but going through the one and seeing it from start to finish knowing those questions that'll come up uh seeing the what ifs that's how you're going to learn the space
1: that's some great great advice right there i I know definitely partnering on a deal and and learning with someone that's, that's experienced and and just gaining from their experience is major um tell me um what about some um, some ways th- through this relationship with this sponsor? Y'all have partnered. What are ways that uh, maybe you brought value to him initially? That I know you I know you invested in the deal, but now what does this partnership look like? And and going forward, um, how are you? I guess benefiting his business
0: and what what does that look like? Yeah, absolutely. So you know, like like I mentioned, everything in this business is all about partnerships and and you rarely see anybody ever going at it alone. Uh, There's joint ventures all over the place. And so, you know, what I'm able to do is kind of, you know, the most important thing is just bringing extra capital to deals, right? Because the select few operators that we work with uh, are doing a lot of deals and they're doing a lot of deals per year. Uh, So I'd say over half of that is usually repeat investors, but then you've kind of tapped them out, right? So you need to go back to new investors. Well, uh, a one man bank can only do so much. And as the numbers keep getting bigger and you want those prime uh, relationships where the sponsor comes to you first to, to ask to raise, you're going to have to find ways to bring new capital. So first and foremost, what I do is I'm bringing new and in, new investors into new deals uh, each and every month or if every other month. And then two is just kind of fresh perspectives, right? Because we can always learn. We can always do things different. So, what worked pretty well over here, uh, we can bring a new perspective. Whether that is tapping into a, a, pot like physicians or finding a way to access lawyers that maybe nobody thought about before. So, just bringing fresh ideas and fresh perspectives to a capital raising effort uh, is a really good is really good thing. And we're always brainstorming ways to improve our business. How, how do we talk to investors? And most importantly, how do we gain the confidence and trust of new investors?
1: Shane, you've been a great guest. I appreciate the value you've provided our listeners and tell tell them how they can get in touch with you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So um, they can hop on my website. It's uh, redrockcapitalgroup.com, all one word. My um, contact all on there, but it's Shane at redrockcapitalgroup.com. Find me on uh, LinkedIn, very active on there facebook uh encourage it anybody listening just shoot me a message i'd love to hop on a call talk about the business talk about life talk about the space uh i really do have a passion for helping others uh get into this opportunity that you know four years ago i had no idea about
1: that's great shane thank you so much and i, I hope everyone will will reach out to shane and connect with him and check out his website uh, thank you all for listening and we will talk to you tomorrow thanks
0: whitney it's been a pleasure